Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 39. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hmm. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, Hmm. but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has spurned the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly explo- exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Barrett Fisher. Wow. Back in the ODR chair. You know, I, I didn't know if I should be like a little offended <laughs> that I haven't been on ODR. Will would probably say like you've been no, acting too busy no, or no, something. No, no. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know. It whatever. was your general air, air of self-importance <laughs> that I, you know. Whatever the cause, <laughs> I would say, let's just put that behind us. Hey, and let bygones be bygones. Let's bygones We're be bygones. Let's, let's get on to a new season <laughs> of getting back to ODR. And I mean, you brought me back at the time when we we're in Hebrews on, 10 of on. all places. Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, Hebrews 9 and 10 is one of the best, you know, sections of the New Testament, Absolutely. I would say. Just deeply going into the theology of Jesus his connection with the tabernacle and the temple kind of bridging the old covenant with the new covenant and how it all works together. So all that to say, thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I I don't know if, uh, if you could pick it up, like as I paused in between paragraphs or anything, but like there are tape guns that are like right outside that are taping up boxes yeah. Uh, because we are this week, I don't know when this is going to air, but we are this Tomorrow. week moving yeah. over yeah. to the new building, to 221. Yeah, we're very much in a moving slash deconstruction zone. We are. So. so it's a fun time at Christ Covenant. We can't wait to get over to the new building. It's awesome. But 
I would say let's dive in and uh, for the sake of our faithful listeners, let's uh, let's look at this passage a little bit and see what it has to offer us. Yeah. Well, you you potently like described this uh, or potent isn't the right word. I, I, <laughs> I love it, man. I, I am a potent. I feel describer. like I've used that word on ODR a lot lately, so I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robustly. <laughs> is that a better one? As you so exquisitely yes. uh, called this. Thank you. It's a. Uh, you reference this passage as sort of like a judgment sandwich. So yeah. it opens up with this really powerful encouragement and exhortation. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. You know, it, it's a lot of that language. He's really tying together this, this imagery of Jesus Christ as high priest over the house of God being the church. And I mean, this passage, if you go through with a comb, it is like, blowing up with imagery yeah. from from Leviticus and Deuteronomy. That's right. Like, you know, with uh, our hearts sprinkled clean, washed with pure water. You, you know, there's like sacrifice and, and yep. ritual cleansing and like all these things that this Hebrew audience would have been immediately locking in on. That's right. And it's all really tying together this idea of this high priest of grace and compassion has opened up this this access for us to enter into the house of God. Well, and I mean, it, it's amazing because it's something that we kind of blow past sometimes. But in verse twenty, it talks about by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is through mm. His flesh. So the the curtain there is referring to the curtain that would have covered the holy of holies. Yeah. Inside, you know, the temple had like three sections to it, and so the the innermost section was the holy of holies. And it was always had this like very thick curtain that was over it. And it's interesting if you read like at the end of Mark, um, when Jesus is on the cross, when he breathes his last, it says the curtain, uh, the veil of the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. Yeah. And it 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 appears that that is as if God Himself, you know, from top to bottom was like, you know, yeah. tearing this curtain apart. And because the curtain was torn apart, it's the very reason that the spirit of God is able to, as it were, kind of be released out of that Holy of Holies and kind of like unleashed on the whole world. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, so that curtain as it's being torn into, it's, it's, it's the flesh of Jesus, the body of Jesus that was broken for us to Mm. allow the spirit to be able to come and indwell each of those that give our lives to him. Yeah. So we're kind of on that like top piece of bread of the, the judgment sandwich. Right. And, uh, you know, I think this is another verse that is just so powerful and dare I say potent. Yes, (laughs) that it is. Uh, but verse, uh, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And, and, you know, back in the prior verse, verse 22 says, let's draw near with a heart, with a true heart and full assurance of faith. I, I love the portrait here for us as believers it is one of confidence and, yeah. and assurance that we, you know, we, we are invited into not only into the house of God, but with confidence, you know, and mm-hmm. I love the image of like, when I was a little kid, like at my parents' house or my grandparents' house, and you're kind of going in and out the front door, yeah. like you're not, you know, sort of like tiptoeing in, but it's like your house, it, yeah. you know, like there's this assurance, this this comfort, mm-hmm. but what is that resting on? Verse three, 
uh, verse 23 tells us, for he who promised is faithful. And, yeah. and so I think that this whole exhortation really hinges on when you understand that God is fully faithful and fully trustworthy mm -hmm. and worthy to be, you know, depended on, we we are just filled with this joyful assurance and, and confidence. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I would like on the confidence piece, I mean, absolutely. That is what Hebrews is saying, that we can we can come to the Lord in confidence. But if you if you really think about it, we're we're coming before a holy God. And, you know, aside from the blood of Jesus covering us, we mm -hmm. would be absolutely consumed. Mm -hmm. You know, all the judgment that, you mm -hmm. know, is is talked about in the next section would be coming on us, the wrath of God, and rightly so due to you know our rebellion against him but because we've been covered we can draw near and so if you think about it in that light it's really like a humble confidence mm. and so it, it leads to exactly. this like yeah. great humility that it's only because of what the lord has done through jesus that allows me to enter with confidence and actually enter not as like a servant that you know the the humble confidence part like the humble part does not mean you come in with your head down and your tail between your legs kind of thing it means you come in just with knowing that the only reason I'm here has absolutely nothing to do with myself, but mm. everything to do with what Jesus has done for me. And so I'm coming with confidence, but it's a it's a humble confidence to say, you know, only because you have made good on your promises, you've been faithful to your promises, uh, and ultimately through Jesus is the reason that I'm able to stand before you. Yeah, and this exhortation, you know, it, it concludes with this uh you know, really famous passage. Let's consider how to stir one another up to loving good works, not neglecting to meet another to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And you know, and so he kind of outlines like the behaviors of the Christian life, and and these are phrases and behaviors that are talked about a lot here at Christ Covenant. And um, I, I always kind of laugh when I see the not neglecting to meet together line because I think of all the ridiculous lengths that we have gone as a church to like meet when, you right. know, in the season of not having a building, like yeah. meeting in parks in empty warehouses. You, that you, are... you can accuse us of lots of things. <laughs> you cannot accuse us of neglecting to meet together. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I always laugh. But so he, he gives these habits of, of you know, the, the Christian life. And then we we're officially off the top piece of bread. We're into the meat of the, ah, the judgment sandwich. I, I love how you're just walking us through this sandwich. Come on, come on, baby. <laughs> like there there might be a little mustard and mayo. Yeah, I in know, between, I know. But, there is a little bit, but now we're yeah. getting into the meat. Yeah, now we're at the meat. But the meat is like it's kind of sour. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a tough piece of meat to chew on. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah, a it's little like overcooked. A pork chop or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, he says if you go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. And, and then, you know, he has this warning about people who have set aside the law of Moses die without mercy. How much more if, if that's saying like old covenant, yeah. this is what happened. Yeah. New covenant. It's like how much more, yeah. Because he's like, I, I've just outlined this, you know, he, he he's outlined this incredible gospel message that it is just the atonement and intercession of Christ. 
And he basically says like, but if, if you discard this, if you have heard this and know this and yet remain unchanged, how much more when you're effectively trampling underfoot, the son of God and profaning the blood of the covenant. And I just think that that is like such a haunting image of like literally trampling the Christ. And yeah. What what are your thoughts on this? Like, well, it's interesting. I mean, we we could do like multiple ODRs on this section yeah, uh, yeah. because there is a lot going on here. But one thing is like, you know, it says for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. So I would say all of us that are listening and me and Will that are now talking, we've we've received the knowledge of truth. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes Christians tend to live in this like fearful state of like, I, I sin, you know, I, I've received the knowledge of truth. Like I've sinned, like, am I sinning deliberately? And now maybe I'm not saved. Yeah. And there's all this like Did doubt that comes in. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I don't think that is what no. the writer of Hebrews is trying to bring out here. That's actually the opposite of the like heart full of assurance that he is just exactly. Described. Yeah. Right. And so this seems to be someone who's caught in like sin patterns and um and just continually finds himself in these in these patterns yeah. and it says that there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins and so that that's a that's a tough phrase and probably one that we can't like fully work out here but i would probably say a good word for this is nullify mm-hmm. that you you kind of nullify the the sacrifice that jesus has made on your behalf like you you make it void in a mm-hmm. in a sense yeah if that makes sense and so it's not that like the sacrifice of Jesus no longer is there for you. It's basically like you have received knowledge of the truth. You've understood what Jesus provides Mm -hmm. and you've chosen to go on in your sin patterns. And therefore, you know, and I I would point to like a Romans one kind of thing where uh, Paul says there that God turned them over. He turned them over. He turned them over. It says it three times in verse 24, mm-hmm. 26, and 28, if you look there. And so it, it's kind of this like he's turning you over to your sins and you've made void the the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this, I think it's possible to misread this passage. Like there's a, a vein of theology that our church does not agree with called sinless perfectionism, which is the belief that uh, Christians who pursue it can, you know, attain complete sinlessness in this life. Right. And, and, you know, we, we believe that the scriptures teach that, you know, like the, the apostle Paul, even, and, you know, all these heroes of the faith and fathers of the church were, were struggling with sin, um, all the way through up until death and are perfected in glory. And, and, you know, I, I think, this idea of sinning deliberately is really outlined in in Romans. Like there's just, I feel like Paul really helpfully unpacks the idea of, you know, I think it's in Romans three, he talks about presuming on the kindness of God, not mm. knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead to repentance. Mm. And, and I think that's what this passage is talking about. Whereas Romans six, he kind of gets into the opposing wills that we, you know, experience it. Yeah. And yeah, um, well, b- before you walk us through yeah, the, the sandwich a little slice, more, yeah, yeah, the bottom slice of the sandwich, I, I, I would just point out, like, the writer of Hebrews is trying to make the point that this deliberate sinning is a very serious and weighty matter. Yep. And so, uh, you know, I mean, we, we have a lot of fun, like, we joke around a lot, but, like, 
deliberate sin like this, it's not a joke. Like yeah, it's it's at not all, at it's all. not fun and games. It's not just you know do what feels good or or whatever. It's like this is serious stuff before a holy God. And mm-hmm. so you know any of those who are listening, like if you if you if you sense that there may be these deliberate sin patterns in your life, get serious mm-hmm. about it. And it's a call to the church to pursue people around you who have the knowledge of truth yeah. and yet are not living in repentance. Because if you truly believe that a person you care about is within, you know, reach of the gospel and yet is deliberately trampling the son of God underfoot, yeah. like we ought to be so burdened and, and just, you know, concerned for those people and, and pursue them in love. That's so right. totally, right. totally agree. Take, take us to that. We're moving slice. past the lettuce. We're moving past the, you know, past the cheese the Dijon and the cheese. Uh, and we're, I, I love how this ends, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle. He, he reminds these believers of their first love. And it reminds me of Colossians yeah. 2, where Paul says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. And, you know, I think yeah. this is always a big encouragement to me is in Scripture, whenever there are a lot of really heavy calls to the church, yeah, it's normally accompanied or it's often accompanied by a call just to return to the basics. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to walk faithfully with the Lord? Do you want to enter into the rest of, of Christ? There's not all these insane, like mental and spiritual gymnastics you have to perform. Just go back to the basics of, of, of casting yourself headlong on, on the sacrifice of Christ. And, and yeah. uh, you know, the, the righteous shall live by faith. And so living in that confidence that is, completely self-abandoning and, and, and totally rooted in, in the person and work of Christ. Yeah. And he, he goes on like in verse 35 and he says, therefore do not throw away your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's as, it's as if like in the form, you know, in the former day, he says, recall the former days. So in the former days, you kind of had this confidence. You understood it was a humble confidence. You would come before the Lord and realize that like it, was, it all had to do with him. And, and then maybe, you know, as you, as you continue to walk, uh, with the Lord or whatever, there's a there's a pride, there's an arrogance that sets in, there's other things, and then you you can like throw away your confidence mm-hmm. in the Lord, and so um, it's just a great reminder: do not throw away your confidence. Yeah. Um, and it, you know it goes on in verse 36 and says, "For you have need of endurance, mm-hmm. so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised." This idea of endurance in the Christian life, I mean, it's 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 worth like sitting and dwelling on um, because we want our faith to endure to the end. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that our faith is contingent on, you know, our works or something like Jesus is upholding us. However, you know, there is this idea and Paul brings it out in the right of Hebrews, but this idea of like enduring to the end and persevering in our faith. Mm -hmm. And so we, we want to be those who are, who are persevering, who are enduring. Yeah. And I just think a closing exhortation, you know, it opens, with this portrait of us as believers who are who are full of confidence. And then there's this heavy warning, which I think if mishandled can actually really shake our confidence. But I, I love how it closes with this this reminder to just go back to where you started, which mm-hmm. is just that simple faith in, in the gospel of Christ. Don't throw away that confidence. And, and I think a really practical application for me and for most of us who've been walking with the Lord for some time 
is if there is sin that is persistent in our lives, Hmm. you know, be confident that Hmm. you have everything in Christ and in the power of the spirit to, to overcome and to, you know, be more than conquerors to grow into his likeness. And so to, to pursue holiness in Christ with the confidence that that's already been attained on our account. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, verse 38 sets us up for tomorrow. It says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And so it's leading us right into the by faith chapter, Hebrews 11. It's coming. (laughs) And we have completed our walk through the sandwich. (laughs) The judgment sandwich of Hebrews 10. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.